Amen. Amen for that. Well, good morning. Uh, again, my name is Beth Rees. I'm the family ministry pastor here at MBRC at the Bridge. Uh, yeah, you might have heard we are gearing up for our fall launch on September 11. We have a lot of amazing things happening for kids and students of all ages, so we'd love for you to check that out. Today, I have the privilege to talk to you uh, about the next generation. But before I do, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him just to illuminate his word. Let's pray. God, we come to you uh, as a body. And God, we ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would allow us to uh, wash away the distractions of uh, our week that we came in with. God, would you allow us to center ourselves and focus on you and your holy word. God, would you illuminate your word that we might benefit from it. You are good. And in all of these things we say, amen. Amen. So our scripture for today comes from Colossians 2, verses 6 through 12, and we'll read that now. And it says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through Christ, with your, complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so earlier this week, uh, I had a meeting on Tuesday night, and the meeting got out a little late, but I ended up uh, having a great conversation with somebody uh, right in our parking lot here. And as the conversation progressed, he started telling me about trees and how trees grow their roots deep. And it was fascinating to me. And so after that conversation, I got home and I ate supper at like 10.30 at night, and I went to bed, except I didn't really go to bed because I tossed and I turned all night long. Does anybody ever have a night like that where they just can't find it? And do you know why I couldn't find sleep that night? It was because I was thinking about trees, okay? And I couldn't stop thinking. Every time I'd roll over, I'd, I'd, I think I'd, I'd doze and I'd, I'd startle awake and I kept thinking about trees and their roots. And so I ended up just uh, at 4.30 in the morning, I ended up just call, calling, it a, calling it a loss, and I got up, and I did what normal people do at 4.30 in the morning, and they get on Google, and they research trees. <laughs> do, do you know, here's the truth, I am not exactly an early right. Some people get up on purpose at 4.30 in the morning, like, to exercise, that is not me. So this was not normal for me, okay? So I'm up at 4.30, I'm on Google, and in the rabbit hole of, of researching trees, I come across this thing called the Biosphere 2. Has anybody ever heard of this? Okay, so the Biosphere 2 
It, yeah, there it is. Okay, this is in Arizona. And it was created in 1991, and it was this huge science experiment, a very expensive science experiment. And it created, uh, in this man-made dome-like structure, all of the seven ecosystems of the world. It was created to be this like mini version of the Earth. Okay, so in the biosphere, yeah. Okay, you can see that um, it was created so that living uh, creatures could live in it, that plants and Vegetation could thrive in it. Even human people lived in it. They grew their own food. The biosphere was created to be a perfect place for the ecosystems to thrive. It had the right sunlight, and the, you know, each ecosystem had the right kind of soil and, and water and all of the things. Except, as they got into this research study, they noticed something interesting about the trees. As the trees grew to a certain height, they would quit maturing. They would quit growing. And actually, they would slump over, and they started dying. And the scientists were puzzled at what was going wrong, why the trees were dying. And you know what they finally figured out? They had forgotten one critical element of nature. Does anybody know what it is? Wind. They forgot to create wind in this perfect little environment. So as it turns out, like picture this, right? A tree, as it's growing, has the, in its natural environment, has constant wind, even if it's slight, moving it back and forth. And as that tree is a sapling, it's, it's pretty flexible, and it can go like this through the wind. But as that tree needs to get taller and grow roots, that wind helps the tree root deeper to become more stable, right? The wind is necessary for the life of a tree to be able to gain its, its, its weight-bearing load. Without wind, trees cannot grow deep roots and they cannot grow tall and strong. Fascinating, right? 4.30 in the morning, and I'm like, whoa, fascinating. Okay, so as I look out at the, the church this morning, I see parents and I see grandparents and I see a community of believers who has historically had a commitment, a deep-rooted commitment to raising up the next generation for the cause of Christ. What a privilege that is. Here at the bridge, one of our, our foremost prayers and hopes as we disciple the next generation is that they will know Jesus. And as our scripture says in Colossians 2 verse 7, that their roots will grow down into him, Jesus, grow into Jesus, and that the lives of our children will be built on him. And then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. Okay, so point blank, why does this matter? Why? I know that parenting and raising up the next generation comes with trials and struggles, and we will never do it perfectly. 
We, my husband and I, we graduated seniors back to back two years during the pandemic. We graduated our, our, our Katie in 2020, and Will graduated as a high school senior in 2021. And parents, as I, as I talk to you today, I want you to know there is such grace for the hardships and the challenges that come along with parenting, and you're doing well. I want to encourage you. You're doing well. With that said, I think it's healthy and good and right to acknowledge the world that we are raising children in today. I think they've probably said that for 10,000 years, right? As the climate and the culture and the ecosystems of life change and develop. So get a load of this. Last year in 2021, during the pandemic, a huge study was done by this group called the Springtide Research Institute. You can find it online. You can just Google. Go, go to Google. You can find it. It was called Navigating Uncertainty, the 2021 State of Religion and Young People. They surveyed over 10,000 young people between the ages of 13 and 25. And they asked them all kinds of questions about faith and spirituality and development and being a young person in today's culture. And one of the main conclusions of this study is that young people today, they boiled it down to like this word, young people today are living in a world with a ton of uncertainty uncertainty. The primary feedback they got from this study kind of boiled down to young people being uncertain about a lot of things. The Springtide Report explains that uncertainty is directly linked to anxiety. While uncertainty is always part of being young, says the study, the nature of being young today, in this cultural moment, amplifies uncertainty, which then fuels the anxiety. And they synthesized, out of all this information, out of all these uh, interviews and surveys, they synthesized three main questions. Listen to these. Young people today are asking, who am I, number one? Number two, where do I fit? And three, what difference can I make? You see, really, it's about identity, and it's about belonging, and it's about purpose. Who am I, belonging? Where do I fit? Be belonging. What difference can I make? It's about purpose. The Springtide Report stated that young people today gather faith ideas, identities, and practices from a number of sources. A number of sources. Sources like parents and family and church and social media and television and politics, friends, 
Our young people are living in a world, I think that, I don't think this is too far to say. I don't think this is too far. I think it's true to say this generation lives in a world, a culture that actually wants it, to, wants them to be uncertain. The culture wants them to be uncertain so it can tell them who they are and where they belong and what they should be doing. I mean, think about it. We have social media platforms that track our likes and our dislikes and then give us advertisements that subliminally, subliminally like, tell us we should like Nike. The availability of information for the human brain to consume is so vast in today's technological world of changing culture, it's not surprising then that this next statement from 10,000 participants says this, with all the information flooding them. Nearly half would agree that they could fit in with many different religions. Church, let's not take that lightly. Now, I know there are a number of specific strategies and ways forward in discipling young people into uh, being those tall, strong trees who are deeply rooted. I, I acknowledge uh, the help of good counseling for youth. I acknowledge mentorship in the church. I acknowledge creating healthy homes where children can be raised in security. There are so many things we could list about what helps a child grow strong and confident and certain in who they are and who their identity is and where, where they belong, what their purpose is. But for, for today, we're going to boil it down and we're just going to go back to the platforms of our faith. When we are considering a generation of youth in an un- certain world. As Christians, we know that there is only one source we should seek for our identity, belonging, and our purpose. And it is in being a child of God through the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Amen? Do we believe that? Yes. Okay. Church, let it be so. Amen. So now, if we believe that is true for ourselves and the lives of our children, then we have to ask this next. How does Jesus reveal himself to me and to you and to our children so that we can fully embrace our identity and our belonging and our purpose in Jesus? How does he reveal himself to us? Now work with me here. To answer this, we're going to take a step back I'm going to ask you, what did the trees need? Wind. Of course, they needed to be watered. They needed sunlight. They needed all those other things. Like, think about that like parents water the tree and the church uh, helps stake it tight, right? Like, there are a lot of ways that we nurture a tree. But if we forget about the power of the wind in a child's life, they will not grow 
strong and tall and have deep roots. In the Bible, the original Greek language uses the word pneuma. It's a Greek word, pneuma. And did you know that the word pneuma in the original text is the same word for the Holy Spirit and the wind? In the Bible, the word pneuma is a biblical parallel. The word wind is a biblical parallel for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is referred to as the wind numerous times throughout the biblical text. We can't forget about the guiding power, the Holy Spirit, the wind, and the spiritual development of our children. You see, it's because the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us and leads us and guides us. He is the one who is our counselor. He is, he is the one who sheds light on truth and certainty. He is the one who molds us more and more into the likeness of Christ. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the function and the work of the Holy Spirit in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is that he reveals Jesus to us in the daily life of the believer. In the movement of the Holy Spirit, throughout the experiences of life, we find our identity as a child of God. Identities can be healed through the power of the Holy Spirit. We find our true sense of belonging in the family of God. Today, we baptized Cade. He's a child of God. He belongs in this family. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we find our purpose to glorify him. We were made to worship him and to know Jesus. We find our purpose in seeking the lost and serving the lonely. I'm going to say this again. The work of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Christ and to make him real in the daily life of every believer so their roots will grow deep. Without strong roots, what does that tree do? Sways back and forth and eventually flops over. And the power of the Holy Spirit moves and breathes through us, through that child. Its roots grow deep and it stabilizes. And it can grow tall and strong. I'm going to end with... Uh, a story. When I was 10 or, I don't, I don't actually remember, I'm guessing I was maybe like 10 or 11. I remember one night, 
I woke up in the middle of the night, or I, I'm not sure even, maybe it was the early morning hours. I know that it was dark. It was very dark. And my sister and I, we shared um, a full-size bed, and I remember waking up and looking over at my sister, who was sound asleep, and I was sweating, and my heart was pounding. And I had just woken up from a dream where I, I dreamed, again, as a, I don't know, like maybe a 10, 11, maybe 12-year-old, that I had denied Jesus three times. Now, here's the truth. I don't know. I was just a little girl. I don't know if I had just been to Sunday school that week or that, I don't, I have no idea. Maybe I had just heard the story of, the biblical story of Peter who had denied Jesus three times. Maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't even know the story. I don't know, but what I know is I remember waking up. <laughs> and that was very, very real to me. And the one thing I, I, I knew was that I didn't ever want to deny Jesus again. I was only 10. But here's the truth. At the age of 10, I didn't have the language. I didn't have the full understanding of who or what was happening in me. And it wasn't until years later in high school when I dared to tell that story again to someone and they said to me, Bep, that was the Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you. That, that was the Holy Spirit in you. And I was like, really? What? That's how the Holy Spirit works? Now, let me clarify, the Holy Spirit doesn't always work through dreams. The Holy Spirit doesn't always come with crashing thunder. Think of it like the wind. Sometimes he is a soft breeze leading and guiding us to a certain truth in our life. For our kids, it's okay that they don't always have the language and the words and the understanding to know how the Holy Spirit functions. It's like God seems easy to describe. Jesus, the Son of God, seems even easier to understand. But sometimes the Holy Spirit can be more difficult. And so for us as a church, to be able to name the need to help our children and our students understand who the Holy Spirit is and how he functions, I think it's very important. I think it is very important in the cultural season they live in. In a world that tries to inundate our children with, as our scripture says, let's go to verse 8, Capture them with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. In that culture of uncertainty, we, as fellow believers, as people who are called to disciple, first of all, you know what? Here's, here's our call today. 
we need to make sure we are understanding how the Holy Spirit moves and breathes and functions. And if you're sitting here today and you're being like, that's a little, that feels, I'm not, I, don't, I don't understand that either, right? It's okay. There is grace. My encouragement to you today as parents or uh, grandparents or church members is to be thoughtful about learning more about how the Holy Spirit works so that we can help our kids know that too. This is an uncertain world. Lean into the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Let us be the kind of church who will commit to being those kind of disciples, who will commit to modeling well as we grow ourselves in the Holy Spirit, as we continue to learn about him. Let's commit to being a church who will pray for the Spirit to reveal himself to our children so that their roots can grow deep and their faith will grow strong in the truths they've been taught. Let's pray. God, as we have talked about this beautiful generation of children we have been blessed with, not just in our church, but in our community, and in our world. God, we believe you have created them to be a force for your kingdom. God, as we have talked about the wind, your wind, through the power of your spirit, God, I ask that this church will be set on fire. God, will you Send your holy wind and set us on fire. From generation to generation, that they will know you, God the Father, that they will know the saving grace of Jesus and they will be empowered and their roots will grow deep, deep, deep through your Holy Spirit. This is what we pray for this generation and the next. And together we say, Amen. Amen.